Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. Eternal God, we thank you this morning for the gift of life. We thank you that, Lord, it is in you we live, we move, and we have our being. And thank you, Father, Lord, your grace is always sufficient for us. And, Father, we have all sufficiency in you. The Lord, in nothing do we lack, whether it's in strength or in health, in peace. Lord, because you are able and you are also willing, we, your children, my God, lack nothing. We thank you this morning for all sufficiency in you. And I pray, Spirit of God, this morning, that wherever anyone is joining this service from, my God, in every home, wherever anyone has joined in, we declare that, Lord, in the spirit we are one and your presence is there with them even as your presence is here with us. I ask Holy Spirit that, Lord, touch your people. Fill their hearts, oh God. My God, let your presence come upon their lives. And bring a difference in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today, I'm going back to our message from last week where I talked about the power of giving, the power in giving. Amen. Now, last week, I delved into the book of Malachi and the words of Malachi, the prophecies of Malachi, and the action and reaction between God and his people concerning giving. But you know, when I talk about the power in giving, above that which we do is what God brings to us, or is what we get in giving. Amen. And when I talk about giving, I'm talking about all kinds of giving. So today I'll be going into different kinds of giving and the power and the blessing that it brings to us. I want to start from the book of Acts chapter 10. And I'll read the verse 34 to 35. Later on, I'll go back to the verse 1 and work it from there. Acts 10, 34 to 35. The Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Peter said, Of a truth I perceive, I realize now, that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, anyone that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Now, Acts chapter 1, I'll go back to the verse 1. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea, which is called Cornelius, a centurion of a band which is called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed unto God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked upon him, he was afraid and he said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Thy prayers and thine alms have come up as a memorial before God. And that is why the angel was sent to Cornelius, because as the angel said, his alms 
his giving to the needy, his help to others, as well as his continual prayers before God, had built a memorial before God. And so God had respect unto Cornelius and therefore sent an angel to him. Now, in the same time when the angel of God appeared to Cornelius, Peter was also in town and he was waiting for them to prepare his lunch and the Bible says that he was hungry, but he, he, fell, he fell asleep. And when he was sleeping, he saw a trance, he fell into a trance and he saw the heavens open and a certain vessel like a cloth descend onto him. And he said it was like a great sheet, like a bread sheet, and it was led down to the earth. And he said that he saw there were all manner of animals, all manner of four-footed beasts, wild beasts, creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, No, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. You see, God in the Old Testament, in the law, had given to Israel certain animals, for he had divided the animals into clean animals and unclean animals. So they were not to eat of certain animals. But in this trance, Peter sees all these animals and the animals, the clean and unclean animals, all on this sheet. And he hears God say, rise, kill, and eat. I said, no, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. We are not supposed to do. But Bible said this was, he saw the vision three times. And then the sheet went up to heaven. And when he doubted in himself what the vision was, he was wondering, he said, behold, men were sent from Cornelius to Peter, to Simon the Tanner's house where Peter dwelled, and asked Simon whether there was a man called Peter there. He said, yes. And then the spirit told him that three men are looking for you. Get up, go down, and go with them. Don't doubt anything because I have sent you. In the meanwhile, God, by his angels, also told Cornelius to send to the house of Simon the Tanner and call for one Peter to come to his house. So Peter went down to the house of Cornelius, which typically was not allowed because Cornelius, as I read to you, the Bible says that he was an Italian, he was a Gentile, he wasn't a Jew. So no respectable Jew will go into the house of a Gentile. But because Peter had heard the instruction from God, he said, go with him. Don't doubt anything because I have sent them. So he went to the house of Cornelius as he was bidden to do by God. And when he got there, Cornelius had gathered his family and his friends and they were waiting for him. And as Peter was coming, the Bible says Cornelius went to worship him. They said, no, no, don't worship me because I'm just a man. And he started talking with him and he went in and found the plenty people, many people in the house of Cornelius. So then he said that, you know, it is unlawful for a Jew to keep company with Gentiles. But I had this vision, and that is why I've come. And Cornelius said, I also, four days ago, I was fasting and praying, and an angel of the Lord appeared to me and sent, told me to send for you. And then Peter knew his mission. And so he started speaking as led by the Spirit. And as Peter started speaking about Christ talking about the message of salvation and who Jesus is and the work that Jesus had come to do. As Peter was speaking, 
Bible says the Holy Ghost fell upon them. The Spirit of God fell upon them. They were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want you to note in this account is that at that time, the Holy Spirit had not fallen yet fallen upon the Gentiles. The Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 had fallen upon the apostles and upon the Jews that they preached to people who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon the Gentiles. But it took a man, Cornelius. And what was it about Cornelius that made God use him as the entrance, the doorway for the Spirit of God to be poured upon the Gentiles also? Because, you see, the gospel of salvation is not just, just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles also. Some of them had received Christ. They knew God, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. But because of Cornelius' alms and offerings, God said, your alms and your offerings have come up as a memorial before me. And so because of that, Cornelius was chosen as the entrance, the doorway for the gospel and for the Holy Spirit to come also upon the Gentiles. And when the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles, you know, people would blame Peter. How dare you go to the house of a Gentile and more so baptize them with the Holy Spirit? And Peter said, it's not I. I was just talking to them about Christ and God himself baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And that is why he says that of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. I often joke about it. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. But so whosoever, but in every nation, in every land, anyone that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. So here we are talking about our works before God. Cornelius' works, his arms giving to the needy, to the poor in society, as well as his prayer before God, had built a memorial before God. And when we talk about a memorial, we're talking about an, uh, something that is, that is relevant and lasting, lasting generations. And truly, this account of the Holy Spirit being poured upon the Gentiles through Cornelius as the entrance is a memorial. We are talking about it today, thousands of years after the event. Amen. And so Cornelius' arms had brought, and his prayer had brought him in favor before God, and God used him as that entrance for blessing the Gentiles, of which you and I were part of. Amen. To also receive the Holy Spirit. And so we see in the life of Cornelius, the act of giving to others, giving to others. You know, God knows our hearts. God knows all our hearts. Amen. And the fear of God really is to love God. Is to fear God. To fear God means to love God and to hate evil. You know, the love of God or the love that we have for God is what constrains us to do what we have to do. And when we do right in the sight of God, it brings us into a position of acceptance before him. So we see that Cornelius received this blessing of the Holy Spirit. The next person I'm talking about is a woman called Tabitha or Dorcas in Acts chapter 9 from verse 36 to 42. The Bible says there was a job by a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. 
Bible says this woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. So she, she also gave alms, full of good works. And Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and she died. And when they had washed the body, they laid her in an upper chamber. For as much as leather was near to Joppa, and the disciples of the head that Peter was there, they sent to him two men desiring that he would come and not delay. So these people, when, Lady, uh, when um, Dorcas died, they sent to Leda to call Peter. They didn't bury her. Amen. They did not bury Dorcas. They washed their body and put her in the upper chamber and sent for Peter. And the reason why they sent for Peter was that they refused to let Dorcas go. And Bible said when Peter rose and went with them, they brought him to the upper chamber. And all the widows, many widows stood by him, weeping and, chew, and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Which means Dorcas was a great help to the community, a great help to people. She made coats and, and clothes and gave to the widows, to the poor and to the needy. So when she died, they said, no, no, Dorcas can't die. We can't allow Dorcas to die. Dorcas can't live. She must live. And so they refused to let her spirit go. They sent for Peter. And Peter, also understanding what it was, went into the room. He told them to stand aside. He knelt down and he prayed and turned to the dead body. He said, Tabitha, arise. And Bible says she opened her eyes when she saw Peter and she sat up. Put your hands together and give God praise. Amen. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the, the saints and the widows, he presented her alive to them. And it was known through the whole of Joppa, and many came to believe on the Lord. Dorcas's giving to the poor, to the widows, to the orphans, to the people of the land, gave her life back to her, sustained, revived her life, and also sustained her life. Hezekiah, in the time when God had always told him that he should put his house in order, he was going to die. Hezekiah also turned his face to the wall. I was like, he prayed to God and said, Lord, remember me and remember your works that I've done, the works that I've done for you. And God had to change his mind. And but you and I know that God says that when his word comes out of his mouth, it never returns to me empty until it's a, it has accomplished the purpose to which it's been sent. But because Hezekiah had a testimony before God. He had built a memorial before God. When it was time for him to die, he could actually bargain with God and got 15 more years to his life. Somebody put your hands together. Dorcas died. She, she even died. But because she had also built a memorial before God in her giving to the poor, to the widows, she also got her life back. You know, our lives must be worth something. Our lives must be worth the living. What is the point if you are alive and you are not a blessing to anybody? You understand? You, you have the right to live. But when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to, you know, the push and the shove, there, there are differences. God makes differences. Amen. So you're giving to the poor, to the needy. And somebody will say, but I don't have. I'll get to that. But Dorcas gave, and that brought her life back. Now, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-10 says something. It says, and this I say, he which soweth spiraling shall also reap spiraling. 
and he who sows bountifully shall also read bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. But that means not giving mourn, mourning, groaning, and not because you are being coerced, right? When you are being coerced to give, and you give, that's not, it's not, it's not it. But, it's, but God loves a cheerful giver. God loves that giving that comes from a heart of appreciation, a heart of love. And, Bible says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. As we disperse abroad, we give to the poor, we give to others. Bible says that it's an act of righteousness. It comes before God as right. Amen. I always say that God will not come and stand at any street corner. And then um, those who are in need will go to him and then God will be dishing out food or clothes. Or no, no, God will use you and I. We are God's vessels. Amen. And whenever you avail yourself as a channel for God to use to helping the needy, the poor, and those in their distress, you become a channel. God will use you. And always, you, you will never be empty. You can never be dry. Because God will recognize you as a channel. I think I've told those of you in this ministry about what my father taught me, taught us, actually, when we were young. Taught us about the three plates, it's called the three plates theory. So God will start by giving you three plates, for two to begin with, and then he will see what you do with it. If you eat one and you put one under your bed, the next day he gives you one. But if you eat one and you give two to someone, the next day he gives you three. And as you keep on giving, he keeps on increasing your plates because he, he finds that you are faithful and that you are a channel, you are his hand, you are his heart unto others. So then the giving continues. He keeps on giving, pouring into you, and you also pour into others. I've said many times that any water body that has an inlet but does not have an outlet stinks. Mark it. If you find any water body, whether it's a stream or whatever, because it's the reason why streams are fresh. is when water comes in, or rivers, water comes in and water goes out. But if you find any stagnant pool where there's an inflow and there's no outflow, that body of water will end up smelling. Everything is stuck in there. It stinks. But for freshness, there's an inflow and there's an outflow. And that is what and who God has called us to be. We, his children, you see, we ought to be like our father, the greatest giver is God. No one can outgive God. No. God so loved the world that he gave. God gives us all things that pertain unto life and unto godless. Our father is a giver. And, you know, a monkey cannot birth, you know, cows. If our father is a giver, then we must also be given. Now, I love the verse 10, he says, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. said, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Who ministers seeds to the sower? It's God. He is the one who ministers seed to those of us who sow. Okay? And so he will also minister bread for our food. And then he will multiply our seed sown and increase our fruits, the fruits of our righteousness. 
Let me bring it down to play. I like to paint pictures so you can get it. You have a cup of corn, seed, fresh corn or dry corn, seed. You plant it. Definitely, when you get the harvest, you get more than that cup. You might get maybe, give and take, um, maybe a bag. Let's say a bag, a little 25 or 50 kilo bag. When you get that bag of corn and you dry it, if you sow even half a bag, you're going to end up with maybe 50 bags. But if you decide that you love Banku, you love Akmele, you love TZ, you love Kinky, so you are going to soak the entire bag, take it to the mill, grind it, use some for Akmele, use some for Banku, use some for Tozafi, and everything that corn does. I tell you, you finish eating that bag of corn and you are left with nothing. You must know what is seed and what is bread. You must understand that between, within that bag of maize, there's seed and there's food. There's seed and there's bread. There's that which you ought to sow back to the ground in order to get more, and there's that which you must eat in order to survive. But many people, alas, they eat their seed, and then they are left with nothing. This is a very, very you know, simple thing that we all ought to understand. Amen. And so you must understand to everything that God gives you, there's a seed in it. Everything is a seed, really. Your life in itself is a seed. We sow our lives into something. People sow their lives into certain uh, philanthropic works. They, they, their life is a seed. People sow their lives to help. People sow their lives to do. Everything is a seed because the, the, the principle of seed Sowing and reaping and seed time and harvest, it, go, it cuts up across every area of our lives. Even emotionally, you sow love, you reap love. You sow anger, you receive anger. So everything you are, you have is a seed. But you must understand that there's a difference between seed and bread. I will not eat my seed and eat my bread. Within that which God has given me, I will take my seed Put it back to the ground. Get more seed. Get more bread. Get more seed. Get more bread. And that is how it increases. The bankers here will tell you about saving. It's the same principle. You don't spend everything. Something must be left as seed. Amen. So we must get this principle. And that is what the principle of giving is hinged upon. Knowing the difference between that which is seed and that which is bread. Abel, as I said to you last week, the Bible says he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained the witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, by which he being dead still speaks. Abel died. But God said to Cain, when he asked him that, where is your brother Abel? He said, I'm my brother's keeper. They said, the blood of your brother cries out to me. Abel died. But because Abel had presented a sacrifice that was worthy that God had respect unto. Even though Abel was dead, his blood was speaking. Today, we say that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel speaks vengeance, called for, called for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus, the eternal blood of Jesus, speaks redemption for us. Speaks salvation. Speaks mercy on our behalf. Blood speaks. Amen. And so, generationally, whatever we have done or whatever we have given either to the poor or to the needy 
or to God builds up something for us generationally. Some people are being blessed today because of seeds of righteousness and goodness that their fathers or grandfathers sowed. Yes, some people, you know, have a certain grace and certain message being shown them. Not by their works, but because somebody did something. And for that matter, God looks upon them with mercy. Like Jacob. He was a swindler. He was a thief. He was 419. But God had mercy upon Jacob in his time of affliction, in his time of need, appeared to Jacob, and he, he introduced himself to him as the God of his father, Abraham. Abraham was his grandpa, but I'm the God of your father, Abraham. And then he said, and Isaac. So it wasn't necessarily that which Jacob had done, because if God was going to depend on what Jacob had done, truly, he wouldn't have ministered to him. But because somebody had paid a price, hallelujah, we must pay a price. Somebody had paid a price so he could be blessed. Now, these people I'm talking about, they are all givers unto God and givers unto men. Givers unto God and givers unto men. Our giving must go, number one, upwards, and then like this. So vertically and horizontally. I'll explain it to you. You see, because... God himself has a plan for our lives. And most of the time, a lot of the, the next levels of our life are dependent on certain acts, certain things that we do. As I said, these people were givers unto God. And Jesus says something very, very important in Matthew chapter 25. He says, I want the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Then shall the righteous answer me, Lord, when did we see you hungry and we gave you food or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? We don't remember. Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? Then the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it for one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he answer them saying, Verily I say unto you, in as much as you did, you did it not, you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. The king sitting in his glory and in his judgment separates the sheep from the goats. And then he calls them out and he says, that, you have done well. You fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You gave me to drink when I was thirsty. When I didn't have any place to stay, you gave me a place to stay. And they said, we, we don't remember meeting you, Jesus, and doing all this. In as much as you did for the least of your brethren, as you did for other people, you did it unto me. So God considers the, the, the things that we do, our giving, our help to other people, to the needy, to others, especially the poor and the needy. He considers us, we are doing it unto him. 
A long time ago, I read the word of God and said that he that gives to the poor lends to God. And in due time, God will repay him. I said, what? For God, for God to owe me, I want God to owe me every day. Because I know that if he owes me and he's coming to pay back, he's not coming to pay back the same thing I gave. He will add on to it. And because he also knows my need, he, he will even give me more than what I, I gave according to my need. Maybe I may, I may give 100 Ghana cities. God may not give me back 100 Ghana cities, but he may deliver me from an accident. That is it, because he knows what is necessary for our lives. He said, in as much as you have done for any of these, the least of these, you did unto me. And as much as you have not done, you, have not, you didn't do to me. And that is why sometimes we don't see increase in our lives, especially in the area of finances. And sometimes our, our doors, open doors to the doors that should be open to can remain shut. You need favor in your life. Every one of us needs the favor of God. If you want the favor of God and you cannot find it in your heart to be favorable unto others, you cannot receive that favor. Why should God favor you above the rest when it's going to be about you, yourself, and yourself? He doesn't need to. There's no reason why he should. That's why James says that you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. If we are asking God for anything and the intention is wrong or when he gives to us, what we, what we do with it is not satisfying and pleasing to God. What is the motivation for him to do more? Someone said, God, I want a million dollars. God said, really? I gave you even 100,000 Ghana cities. You, or maybe, let's say 10. The 10, you didn't pay your tithe. You didn't help the poor. You, I want to use um, um, pigeon. you chopped it all by yourself. You chopped all. On things necessary and unnecessary. You didn't consider the poor man at your gate. You didn't consider the squatter two doors from your house in East Legon. You didn't consider. People throw food away when there are people that could benefit from the food. On all these things, God is watching. And so maybe you get to a point and you, you hit it and that's it. You can't go beyond. But you could go above and beyond that just by being merciful. God said with the merciful, he will show himself merciful. With the forward, he will also show himself forward. Amen. The wealth of this world is given to circulate. And anyone that decides to hoard it, you hoard all of it, not allow it to circulate. <laughs> it, it was taking your hands. I heard a story of a man who was so, so, so wealthy. But, I mean, he was stingy. Like, I mean, mean. Fisted. Very fisted. He wouldn't give. Nobody. His family, nobody. People outside, they're forgetting. I mean, he wouldn't give. And he just kept on piling. And his interest was in the numbers. When he looks into his bank balance and he sees the zeros, aha, he's happy. Do what happened to him? He became ill, and then he couldn't sign, he, he couldn't sign his, his checks anymore. 
and then they had, he had to use his thumbprint. Then he became a bit senile. So now they will sign the check and take his finger, <laughs> thump it, and they go for the money. And he was sitting there like that. Whilst he could have given, and the mercy of God would have sustained him with life and strength, like as he did to Moses. You know, many things, many things are tied up to our works. You know, the same man that we didn't give now, his wife and his family, just hold his finger. They blasted the money. You know, but whilst you are strong and you are alive and you are well, let your money speak for you. Use your money to do that which you would want it to, to do. Use your money to be a blessing unto others. My late grandma said, I did you with your city, or since he came to a mumu, you know, mumu, dumb, deaf and dumb. Not to, no, insulting, but I said, there are some monies that don't speak. They don't speak. If your money doesn't speak, forget it. Whatever God has given to you, it must speak. So he said, You are rich. And you are not helping anybody. You are not giving to the poor. You are not helping. God says you are poor. You are poor. Because wealth is that which affects your society. That which affects people. I always say to my children, when I die, this should be the testimony. That these many people are who they are because they encountered my life. Yes. Because sometimes, you know, you will leave houses and you will leave property and your children will fight and go to court and all that. And we are happy with that dead. But how about those poor children, those orphans, those people who needed help, who you turn your eyes away from, say they are not your children, but they are children of God. I'm talking about the power in giving. And these are the things that bring the pleasure of God upon us. We see it in the life of Dorcas. We see it in the life of Cornelius. Acts of giving, I say again, must be vertical and horizontal. Vertical unto God first and unto the poor, going down to those who are poor and in need. Then horizontally to those who are not necessarily poor, but those you give to. I'll get to it. Let me explain it to you. Now, when we talk about the poor, Proverbs 22, 9 says that, He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Gives to the poor. You'll be blessed. When you give to God and the things of God, you'll be blessed. Then, horizontally, to those who are, as I said, not necessarily poor, but out of love, kindness, and appreciation, and sometimes even duty. Because the Bible says that, God says that any man that does not provide for his wife and his children or his family is worse than an infidel. That's an unbeliever. So, honor your father and your mother, the Bible says. The only commandment that comes with a blessing. And when we say honor your father and your mother, we are not talking about seeing and saying, oh, daddy, me pacho, mommy pacho. That honor goes beyond that. It's your duty to take care of your parents whilst they are alive. 
to help them. Sometimes some people say, my father and my mother, they don't need my money. They don't, but it is an act that will bring you blessing to still give them. They brought you into this. They are the channel that God used to bring you into this world. Some people say, both my parents are dead. Yes, but you can find people who sit in you know, parental responsibility over your life. If you're going to get married to, to tomorrow, even though your father is there, you know your uncle that you go to and say, uncle, I'm going to be married. Can, we, can you come and um, collect that drink? You know. But then after the, the, he has collected the drink for you, forget about him. It's a sin. Honor your father and your mother. Those who sit in spiritual and physical authority over your life. Your father and your mother, number one. Because if you don't do it, what happens to that? The flip side. Always take every promise of God. And I say to you always that the promises of God are conditional. Every promise of God is conditional. But I found that as believers, we love the promise. We love to say, let's say, oh, let me take this one. God will bless my life, give to me according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God shall provide for me. But if you read the context in which the apostle said that, it was because the Philippian church has sent him arms, they have sent, sent food and money to him. He said, ah, I've received from you an offering, a sweet incense, a sweet savor. And he appreciated it. He said, you've, you've done so well for me that when I came to this prison, not, nobody catered to my needs but you, this church. And for that reason, I tell you, that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by grace. It was a conditional thing. So if you go about not be a blessing to anybody and you're going, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, forget it. You are deceiving yourself. It's conditional. Every promise of God. Mark, you take your Bible and go to the promise of God and you realize that they are all conditional. If thou wilt, if you will, if you will, if thou wilt, then I will, then I will, then I will. That is how the promise of God are. So say, honor your father and your mother so that it may be well with you and that you will live long in this earth that God has brought you to. Amen. Giving. Somebody said, oh, I don't need to give to other people. You know, they're okay. When the queen of Sheba came to see Solomon, first king sent him. I want to read what she did. The queen of Sheba, she's a queen. She heard of Solomon's greatness and came to see him. To see whether truly what they say about this king Solomon is true. And when she came and she saw, ah, she was highly impressed. But she didn't come with empty hands. <clears throat> Bible says she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices a very great store and precious stone. And there came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to the king Solomon. Solomon was rich. Solomon, Bible says, the richest king that ever lived. Solomon had more than the queen of Sheba, so to say. But when she was coming before Solomon, she didn't say Solomon is rich, so Solomon doesn't need anything. No, 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 no. Wrong thinking. She, she brought a lot. Bible says the spices that she brought alone, there's never been given of any such spices. In those days, spices were, you know, very... And gold, she brought to Solomon. Did Solomon need the gold? Probably not. But it was an act of respect, 
an act of honor. It was an act that would open doors, the door of favor. We have to learn how to give. Every day, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are always saying thank you. You are never saying take. It's not right. You see, because whenever you open your hands to give, you give whenever you give out, you, 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 you are left with an open hand. Then there's, there's room for God to pour. But if your hands are always full, I mean, you are fisted with the thing. How can you even have hands to receive? Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The queen of Shiva gave to Solomon. Gave to somebody who was even richer than herself. We must learn to give. Friends, family. I mean, be a giver. Let, I pray that it becomes part of your nature. And you see, it is not because you have. Because someone said, but you know, I don't have. Somebody even said, oh, why wouldn't you say Corona? We are saying, you were like that before Corona. Put your hands together for the Lord. I hope you still love me after this message. <laughs> but realize I always tell you, I don't really care because I'm speaking the truth. You were like, like that before Corona. Because if it was part of you, Corona or no Corona, the little that you have, you will share. And you must. You see, it's not because you have. But it's a given, as I said to you last weekend, it's, it's a release. And... True giving, really, the giving that touches the heart of God is sacrificial giving. Giving not out of your abundance alone. I mean, if you have abundance, you give fine. The people that I spoke about, Tabitha, you know, they didn't give out of their abundance, but they gave according to their love for God and their love for men. It was love that moved their hearts to give to others. That love of God, that moved the hand of God, the heart of God, to give us Christ. That same heart of God, that moves him every day to give you breath. Because he has a will, he has a power to decide, okay, enough, shut off her oxygen. Natural, I'm talking about the natural oxygen. That's it. But it is love. Because if you look at the many things that we do, for some people, for some of us, maybe, God could easily shut off our oxygen. So I call away my brain, don't move the oxygen. <laughs> but the mercy of God abounds. Somebody say mercy. 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 And the mercy of God comes out of his love. God is love. Not just does he have love, but his love. So it's a love of God that constrains him to, you know, be merciful to us. And through that love, he's benevolent, he's kind to us. Through that love, you know, he doesn't look on our faults. He doesn't even treat us according to our faults, our sins. No, he's still good to us. He causes the sun to shine upon the righteous and the unrighteous alike. Causes the rain to fall the same. I mean, if, hmm, somebody says, if I were God. And I always check my heart and say, if I were, I said, no, that's why you are not God. Because if I were God, there are certain places maybe you might say, no, these people, they don't deserve rain. Shut their rain. Three years. But the mercy of God abounds. And sometimes even when God has decided that he's going to shut your reins and you call upon him, say, Father, forgive me. Immediately. He won't let you beg. He won't let you 
go and do a penance or go and kill ten cow. Father, forgive me. He forgives you. And you are rolling in love with him again and everything's okay. That's the kind of heart we must have for one another. You, you, your bowels of mercy must be active. God's bowels of mercy. When I say that the tree is nice, or say, God sees you and he feels. But we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But we have a high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory. He is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And so he empathizes with us in our weakness, in our trials, in our troubles, in our illness. Whatever it is we are going through, he is in it with us. And that is how he's able to succor us, help us through. And that's why we have survived up to today. Otherwise, some of us would not have survived. We have survived because of the mercy and the grace of God, the goodness of God that knows no bounds. The heart of God, that, those bowels of mercy, open unto us. Oh, let me sing a song. The steadfast love of the Lord, sing with me, never ceases. Mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. the Lord Jesus. His love for us remains steadfast. His mercies are new every morning. Every day God pours upon our lives 
fresh graces. He gives us every day everything that we need. He supplies our needs, grants us life, grants us peace, takes us through the storms, helps us in our weakness, builds us up when we are broken, restores that which has been destroyed. He, he is he is absolutely wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. Hallelujah. And we are his children. Amen. Listen, I'm talking to you about giving. So we must have, you know, the heart of mercy. Be benevolent also unto others. Amen. I said these people I've talked about briefly this morning. <laughs> Not been brief, but briefly. Um, they, they, they were moved with the heart of love for others and for men and for God. And because of the Bible said, God had respect unto them. God had respect unto Abel, who gave a pleasing offering, an acceptable offering unto God. And even though he's dead, his blood yet speaks. Noah also, in Genesis chapter 8, he also, after the flood, the Bible says that, he built an altar and made a sacrifice unto God. And it was a burnt offering. And when God smelt the, the aroma of, of, of the burning, you know, flesh of the, the sheep, it was pleasing, it was an offering unto God, a sacrifice unto God. God smelt it and God said, mm. no, listen, I will never destroy the earth by flood again. It was an act of giving. God was pleased with that, with Noah did. So Noah's giving, that sacrifice unto God was also an act that brought the establishment of a covenant. Cornelius also opened doors unto the Gentiles by his arms and by his prayers. Dorcas raised from the dead because she also gave to the widows, the poor. Your giving, beloved, to date, I'm not sure you, has not gone unnoticed before God. Every act of sacrifice, every giving you've given to God to date, it hasn't gone unnoticed, never will. Never can. Doesn't go on. God knows. God sees it. Amen. And because he knows and sees all things, that which is your due and that which is even beyond your due, he will do it for you. And not only for you, but for your descendants. I call it generational blessing. We must live a generational blessing. Amen. That which God will always consider when you are long gone and he, he looks upon your grandchildren and they are messing up, huh? but God says, because of your grandfather, I'll show you mercy. Because of your father, I'll show you mercy. And whilst we are alive, God will even look and say, no, this one, this one's life is tied to people's lives. If I take him or her out, there's a gap. Your life must do something. Move the hand of God in the time of your need. Your life must be build up a memorial before God. I'm ending on this giving. Amen. But I pray, God, that our hearts may be turned towards God and our hearts may be turned onto our fellow men, whoever they are. You know, I, I've told you before and I want to tell you before I close it, a long time ago I, I was in a coma for two weeks I had lupus and I had 
a lupus brain flare. That means that my brain was inflamed with the lupus. And so I went into a coma. I was in a coma for two weeks. Now, when by the grace of, and that was a whole experience. I'll tell you about that another time. One day you must join us online when I tell my whole testimony. The many things God has done for me. Praise, praise be to his name. But when I came out of that coma, God revealed certain things to me. And he said to me, I want you to give. Just give to the poor. Give. And I mean, this is about 26 years ago. Yeah, 26 years ago. I didn't have much, but he said, I want you to give. Give to the poor. Give. So what I did was that I went to the bank with a little money and I changed it into, you know, bits. And I kept on giving. I'll give. I see this person, he says, give. The poor. The needy. And, and in, it was six months. In that six months, I don't remember anybody saying thank you without saying, God bless you. There was, most people said, God bless you. Nyaminshirao. Nyaminshirao. And in my mind, or somewhere in my spirit, I felt like I had a bag. It's when they say, God bless you, I take it, I put it in the bag. I take it, I put it in the bag. I take it, I put it in the bag. And at the point, he told me that there are many mounts and altars speaking against your life, wanting you dead. But the God bless you, whenever anybody says God bless you, it's an invocation of a blessing of God over your life. And so God has to bless you. And so when the invocation of the mouth of the people speak blessing, any contrary voice, the contrary voices are speaking, calling for your death, cursing you, they are numbered, they are silenced. Because the blessing of God always supersedes the curse. And I was collecting, put it in the bag, put it in the bag, put it in the bag. The sixth month, I went back, because I was, I was in coma in London, I went back and the lupus was in remission. And to add to it, God had gifted me, I was expecting my daughter. Which is very unusual because for somebody who just been, you know, had lupus, you know, a fresh case, no, been in a lupus coma, you know, to be pregnant. And I carried that child, no problem. She's 25 today. To the glory of God. After that, I, I, I think, is it? Four years later, I had my last child, a lupus, someone with lupus. You know, God has sustained me by his mercy. And I can also tell you that by his leading and by his instruction in my ear to be a giver, he has also had mercy on me. He says to me often, with the merciful, I will show myself merciful. Nana, be merciful. So the many things sometimes God will have, I will say I do, because if I say I do, then that is pride. But it's not me, but he says, I hear him. He said, this one, that person, that one, that one. And when he says it, I have no, I don't have any, anything to do but just to obey. And it's all tied up to my living. Today, I'm 53 years, by the grace of God. And if I'll be like little children, I'm going to be 54 soon. You know, children always round up their age to the next year. And I say, it's pure grace. It's pure grace and obedience. But this life of giving, it's amazing. Because the more you give, the more he gives. The more he gives, the more you can give. And it's, it moves past money. It moves past material things 
to spiritual things, other things in your life. Some of the favor that will come upon your life just because you see somebody in need and you are a blessing. You can't imagine it. You just can't think it. You can't imagine. Things people will do for you. And they won't even know why they are doing it for you, but God will tell them to do it for you. Why? Because you have given. You have sown to the poor, the orphans, the widows, the lepers. I mean, please. I mean, there's a whole new dimension of favor that you can enter into. Power in giving, but it rests in our hands and in our obedience. May the Lord help us. And may the Lord bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. They are new every morning. Wonderfully new every morning, my Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh Lord. Great is thy that may the love of God be poured upon your life afresh without measure as we come before God in prayer this morning deciding the Lord I will be a giver I will be a help to someone in distress Lord I will open my heart to feel the plight of the needy I will be a channel I will be a conduit of your blessing unto somebody. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Talk to God what you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory this morning, oh God. We thank you, my God, for the life that you have given us, oh God. My God, for everything that, Lord, you do in our lives this morning. We say thank you. We are grateful. We are grateful, oh God. We recognize your hand. We recognize your kindness. We recognize your giving, oh God, to us. We recognize your love for us, O oh God. And this morning, Father, we come before you, O oh God, and we pray that, Lord, 
grant us your heart. Give me a heart like yours, oh God. Somebody pray, Lord, give me a heart like yours. A heart that has compassion. A heart that is benevolent. A heart that is merciful. Lord, give me a heart. Somebody pray that prayer this morning. Give me a heart that feels ah, the pain of others. A heart that is giving. Give me a giving heart, a giving spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, oh God, to give, to help. To be somebody's help in time of need. In the name of Jesus. And you want to pray the Lord and provide for me to be able. Give me seed. Talk to God. God give me seed that I may be able to sow. Into the lives of other people. To you. To the poor. Give me seed to sow. So he that gives seeds to the sower. Yes. Pray the Lord give me seed. Let me recognize the seed you have given me. And let me give me the heart to sow that seed. The seed of my time. The seed of my life. It's all a seed. The seed of my, my worship. The seed of my service unto you, O oh God. Let my life be a sacrifice unto you, O oh God. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Finally, I want to pray the Lord, let me receive the blessing that comes with giving. Let all your blessing that comes with giving come upon my life. Bless my life, O Lord. Pray for blessing upon your children, your family, your generations. Blessing. A blessing of God that makes rich and no sorrow is added to it. Pray, call for that blessing. Thank you. Bible said that the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Pray this morning that Lord let my generations be blessed. Make way for me Lord by your blessing. I want to be a blessing to others. I want to help. I want to be there. I want to lend to you. Be able to lend to you God. So God give me. Help me. Bless the work of my hands. Help me Lord to be there for others, even as you steadfastly stand with me all, all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for grace in abundance. You are an abundant God. You give all things in abundance. There's nothing that we need that, Lord, you don't have. And indeed, there's nothing that we need that, Lord, you are not willing to supply or to give to us and so this morning i thank you lord for your word to us and to your people and i pray heavenly father knowing that it is your desire that it be well with your people that is why you speak these things to us that in knowing and in understanding and then in obedience and in doing our life situations may change for the better those who have hit a wall my god will find that breakthrough those whose life seems to have taken a turn for the worse, my God will receive restoration and an upward move. I ask Heavenly Father this morning that Lord, touch your people, touch them, and help them, bless them, protect your people, and preserve them. Everyone who is called by your name, my God, let their lives show forth your praise. We thank you, O oh God, the Lord, the power that comes through giving. 
my God, shall be manifest in all our lives as we begin, my God, this journey, my God, of giving, my God, and your blessing being abundant of our lives. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.